This is Randy B. Funk, and you are listening to my friend, Johnny Taco. What's up, guys? This is Johnny Tacos, and this is the first episode of Taco Tuesday Testimonials. And whoever should I get to lead this series but the funny comedian, pastor of mine, a best friend, good friend. I guess he's a best friend. He's a, a brother of Christ, I believe. Um, and he is has his own podcast, which is Madness, which uh, got me started with all this. So... Uh, with other, let, 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 you know what, let's just talk to him. Hey, what's up, John? What it do? <laughs> so testimonials is, you know, yeah, about your life Yes, and how the Lord had reflected to go in the direction you're in right now. Yes. Well, Johnny, my story is like a taco. They fall apart and we still love them. Extra greasy. <laughs> that's, Extra greasy. That's where we start and find my story. But it's an honor to join you on the Johnny Tacos podcast. Thank you for having me. Shout out to just what you do. Uh, man, it's so cool to see what you've done. So I'm excited to be here, excited to be a guest, talk about my testimony on Taco Tuesday uh, for our Spanish crowd, Mi amo Juan Campana. And he, you know, he is the pastor for Covenant Life, the lead pastor. He leads people. <laughs> Sometimes the senor, he leads them. El Senor. Everyone calls me senior pastor, but I don't get a 10% discount at IHOP. I'm a young buck. Yeah. Well, I can see you, know? you starting to get old. You're getting a little gray. I guess that's from having the extra know. kids. I guess you speak it into existence. You're the senior pastor. The senor. Now my knees are starting to hurt. Paco it's Divina. cold outside. I'm sleeping in a recliner sitting up. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can Life. tell by the age you get yeah. when it, how long it takes you to get out of a chair. Oh, yeah. To me, you know, it takes me about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. That's well, on a good day. Or how long it takes you to do something after your wife's like, hey, will you do this? And you just got comfortable. You're like, it's going to be at least 20 minutes. Yeah. I, I got to <laughs> I gotta warm up the bones, you know. Yeah. The, you know, the tendons don't work as well as they used to. Oh, man, it's the knees. Yes. D's knees ain't the same. Which, uh, you know. I can feel you on the knees being a tall guy. That's the first thing that goes is the knees yeah. and then the back. You know, and, and testimonies are funny because sometimes, you know, as a pastor, you give someone the microphone and they think their testimony is an autobiography. Like, you know, back in the, you know, my great, 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 great grandpa met my grandma at this place. And then they, and then like seven hours go by. And you're like, man, your testimony is life before Jesus, then what happened, Jesus, and now what does your life look like now? You know what I mean? And then there's individual testimonies, like you might testify that God is a healer in a in that kind of thing. Or you might have a testify of of the of God's grace or what you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I, I actually listened to a couple of testimonies that actually went like seven hours and I was just like praying, well, maybe I should just wait for the footnotes, the cliff notes. I just want the movie guy to be like, in a world filled with adventure. You know, that guy to just do my 
my autobiography, my testimony. Well, right? I, you know, I got the deep voice in the world. <laughs> they, when all hope was lost, the breakdancing pastor came arise out of the blue. Mickey Mouse. Oh boy, I don't know if we can say that. You can now no longer monetize the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. We'll just we'll just put it in reverse. <laughs> Speaking in tongues, I believe in that. So, <laughs> so you know, all puns aside, you were a tiny dancer growing up. You know, uh, my hands are tiny. Nothing I can do about that. The rest of me, not so tiny. But growing up, I was a skinny kid. Um, if I'm given the cliff notes, you know, I would say that just, you know, I think. Sometimes, like, testimony is, like, a little bit of both, right? Sometimes you do just, hey, let me know about you so I can get the perspective of when God entered your life. What did that look like? So I was a, man, and there's just no, this is what I thought about myself, so, you know, don't get offended out there if you're listening. When I was in sixth grade, um, you know, let's just say this. My parents divorced when I was six years old. My dad took it really rough. And he was in the military, so we moved. So my mom's family, we moved across the United States from the Carolinas to Spokane, Washington. And my mom just couldn't go back because she had her kids, right? So I have, um, you know, two brothers and a sister. My brother's the younger one. And so when my parents got divorced when I was six, you know, I got jacked up because the counselor was like, hey, who do you love more? Like, what the heck did you just ask me? Who do I love more? That messed with me for a while. And so it wasn't about, you know, and then they decided that my mom, she was poor. So she had my sister and my baby brother. So me and my older brother had to go live with my dad because my mom was poor. You know, so she grew up, uh, you know, she grew us up, you know, on the weekends. And I just remember this place called Ogden Hall smelled like cardboard and crackers. And it was for single moms. And I just remember that she had to be there and I, I just had to be with my dad. But my dad was in Air Force. So he would have to take these long military trips, you know, and he didn't have anyone to watch us. So I feel like he'd get married. So then I'd have this girlfriend or stepmom watch us while my dad's on deployment. My mom's too poor to have us. So in sixth grade, the way I looked at and viewed myself, unfortunately, was I felt like I was a skinny loser, like who didn't, I couldn't afford nice clothes. I had one shirt I remember that I was like, this is my shirt. Yeah, had this little it was a black shirt, and it had this orange guy with green hair. It looked like a troll. And I just remember I wore that shirt all the time. I remember getting made fun of. Cheney Junior High. I, I can remember it. Like, people making fun of me, how skinny I was, how I didn't have um, a lot of clothes, you know? Like, I just I vividly remember that. So that's that's kind of the start of it. But the turning point for me was eighth grade. You know, my, my older brother, you know, my mom met someone. She got more stable. So my older brother got to move in with my mom. And uh, so I was in seventh, after seventh grade, I just, you know, my parents didn't really know a lot about it because I just kept it to myself. But after being bullied, I'm like, man, I want to make a change. So that's kind of where the testimony of, you know, a little bit of glimpse of what God was doing kind of started coming into play. So, you know, I, I, I feel you on having that one shirt that you loved and you wore. Mm-hmm. Mine was a TC surf design shirt because back then I had a Nintendo and I loved watching the surfing games, playing the surfing games. So I wore that. Yeah. I wore it so bad that the underarms, because I used to sweat, 
it started turning brown even after you washed it and so i was bullied but i was bullied for being overweight you were bullied for being skinny right we just needed to share some of that love. Like, you need to share some of that weight with me in, high, in junior high so that I wasn't like, you know. We could have been Laurel and Hardy. Had to run around to get wet in the shower, turn sideways. No one knew who I was. Yeah, <laughs> I would have cast a shadow on. You know, they called me Gumby. <laughs> Gumby? <laughs> Stop making fun of me, Daddy. Uh, yeah, Gumby, except for I wasn't green. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, what was weird is, like, you could see God providing some kind of grace and outlet. For some reason, there was this other girl who would talk to me all the time. And she was like the popular one. And I was like, you're, you get confused. Like, I'm a loser. Why are you talking to me? You know, you're a pretty girl. You're you're a pretty girl. I'm just a loser. <laughs> Did you feel like uh, maybe you were like one of those commercials where you get this star saying, for 10 bucks, you can sponsor this kid here. I know. The sad song, like. You know, but you know, it's funny about wearing one shirt, you know, as a kid, it was, it was, you know, I didn't have a choice as an adult. I do it cause I have a choice. I have, I like this shirt a lot. I wear it a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I see it a lot on Sunday. You, hey, know, you wore that one. I Oh dude. And then I, now I, you know, your styles change as you go through life. You know, um, all, most of my friends growing up were African-Americans. So they're like, what do you do now? I'm like, well, I'm a pastor and I like to play golf. They're like, who are you? I'm like, I don't know, but I like it. This is who I am now. This is me wearing golf polos. <laughs> yeah golfing um to me i still i think i got a couple more years before i'll start wanting to play golf i'll, yeah. I'll play top golf i'll play the heck Come out on. of top golf i'll eat those the food's good you know so even if you don't have that but uh so so here's here's where the, the it starts right so skinny just a loser loser that's what my grandpa used to say not to me because that'd be messed up he'd probably wait till i left the room loser and uh so when i was in eighth grade i finally told my dad I'm getting bullied, but here's the great thing about the the summer of the after seventh grade, the summer before eighth grade. Your boy, JB, learned how to break dance because my brother was hanging out with these two Asian kids and like, oh, you want to know how to look a break dance? No offense to Asians, I just like doing the accent. Um, and by the way, I don't think the Asian community gets as mad because I'll tell you why. I have actually have a story about this that uh, you know before. I gave my life to Jesus. I actually found myself at a bar, go figure. And I was talking, and this is like a sidebar, total rabbit trail, I'm sorry. But I was at a roulette table with these Asian guys. And all of them, you know, I was buying them drinks, right? And I go, hey, be honest with me, you guys. And they're like, you know, talking, I don't know what language specifically it was, but you can tell they're talking about me. And I was like, don't lie. Do you guys ever be like, <clears throat> oh, look at me. I'm American. Give me another cheeseburger, dude. And they said, yes. They're like, yeah, we do it all the time. <laughs> and it was like, because, you know, people do accents. And nowadays we live in this soft society where you can't even do an impression without someone going, oh, I'm offended. And uh, I just remember, like, my brother had these two Asian friends. One of them was named Kang. That's the coolest name I've ever heard in my life. Kang. So Kang, shout out to you. He lived on the South Hill in Spokane. He taught my older brother how to break dance, and then they taught me. So every time I'd go to my, I went to my mom's for that summer. I learned how to break dance, and I was like, "This can change my life." And when you're a little kid, you know, God, who knows what you're going to use to keep you out of drugs and alcohol? You know, it didn't work, but in a sense, it did keep me probably away from going further into darkness, which I could have. So I learned how to break dance, and then my mom gave me the okay. She said, "Hey, we have room for you." 
So I told my dad, I said, dad, I love you so much, but not because of you, but because of like school, I need to move. I need to get away from this. So I moved, you know, to the Valley, which is like a 40 minute drive. And it's funny because I had a friend whose parents um, were divorced. His dad was military and his mom lived. Here's the crazy thing. One in a million. Both of our dads lived in the base housing, the same base housing. Both of our moms lived in the same apartment complex, and they didn't even know each other. Wow. So I thought that was pretty cool. His name was Tad. Yeah. It kind of kind of gets that Disney song. It's a small world after I know. Tad, Tad Thomas and Traz Sword Out, they were like my best friends. So they learned how to break dance. So eighth grade, it was weird. It was like I, I totally, you know, and this isn't the testimony part. This is just some backstory to who I am, but um, – I literally chose to be, and I've always, you know, thought I was kind of funny. So I, I'm like, man, I'm going to be who I feel like I am, you know, who I'm, what I'm called to be. I'm not going to let the outside peer pressure or the fear of man limit me from who I am. So I decided I'm going to be funny. I'm going to be outgoing. Like, I'm not going to care so much about what people think about me. Eighth grade, bro, for me, was one of the greatest years of my life. I'm not going to live in that because I want to grow. But eighth grade was so awesome, you know. It's that nostalgic point that you yeah. think. think North about. Pines Junior High School, man. And, and ninth grade was still in the junior high. So ninth grade was awesome too. But eighth grade, that summer, met a girl, had the prettiest girlfriend, like in that school. And people were like, you know, teach me your ways, Master Miyagi. Because they're like, how are you this, you know, 75-pound ugly-looking dude? How do you have that as a girlfriend? And I'm like. Break dancing. That's where it's at. So I learned how to break dance, you know. So did you start off by doing the head twirl? So because my head is so big, I started out with the head spin because my body was like a top-heavy weight. I, you know, you just drop me on the ground, somehow I'm on my head because my head was so big. So head spins came naturally. My first move I ever did was the worm. Not the backwards one, like the one where you – Lay down and you kind of go like this, you know, and you're going forward. Mm-hmm. And then I also, my my other first move was uh, the moonwalk. I learned how to do moonwalk and footwork. You know, Michael Jackson slides, Usher slides. Yeah. So I did that and then head spins. Those are my three moves that I learned. And then uh, so eighth grade, ninth grade was awesome. You know, in 10th grade, high school, I didn't really like, though. Something changed. When you get into high school, I didn't find, like, I never had... And this is no disrespect to any of my friends now. I've never had like that story where someone has a best friend for more than five years. I have friends from different seasons that I treasure, but I've I've never had that best friend that's been with me for 20 years. You know what I mean? So yeah. I've always had these different groups of friends. So high school, I didn't even like high school. I spent most of my time at other people's dances because I could dance. All these girls from different area high schools would ask me to their dances. So I went to like, a ton of dances, but I was also a jerk. So I never paid for the food. You know, I was like, you want me to go to your dance? You're going to buy my food. I was shallow. I mean, there's no way around it. <laughs> I was a shallow jerk. Um, learn how to break dance. And, uh, my mom forced me, and this is what I'm thankful. My mom forced me, um, pretty much to go to this. I always say I'm a drug baby. Cause my mom drugged me to church. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hello. And, so there's a youth group called 180 Ministries. It was like blowing up out of Oklahoma and started spreading everywhere. This church called Grace Harvest Fellowship in Spokane, Washington, bought, or not bought, but they renovated an entire old movie theater and made it a youth group. So you can imagine, dude, it was the place to be. Snack bar, like the movie theater. You have a snack bar, like 
They had a basketball cage, games, arcade. They were working on a skate park. They combined several theaters for the sanctuary. It was like the place to be as a youth. Six hundred plus kids. That's what that's what we need here. We need something yeah. like that for the kids. Well, I mean, a lot of people from Spokane will actually say, "Man, John was one of the fruit out of that situation that happened." But there was some negatives too, like because there's so many kids. There was problems with drugs and, and different things, you know, because they didn't have, like, enough of staff and leaders, you know, to prevent every little thing that was happening. So, um, so supervision was, like, dim. Yeah, we had security guards. Man, I love our love the security guards back then. But there just wasn't enough supervision. There wasn't enough leaders to really handle the volume. And at one point, we had a 1,000 kids, and there was, like, 20-something leaders. So my mom would make me go, and because I was because I was dancing at the time, you could imagine I was like, I'm going to be on the dance team because I know how to break dance and I can get girls. Look at this. This is awesome. So it was, it sounds horrible, you know, as we're, you know, we're on a faith-based podcast right now and I'm a yeah. pastor, but I played church. I literally was on the dance team and then I'd get high on the, in the dumpster. Yeah. In the dumpster trash, you know, I'd go in the dumpster, smoke a, a joint with my friends and then I'd sneak in backstage and I'd minister and I'd dance. Well, I wasn't ministering because my heart wasn't right. It was more me showing off, you know? And so I'd play church and I was spent from 15 years old when I moved in with my mom to 18 years old until that youth group ended up shutting down. I felt like I was playing church, but here's the crazy thing. Seeds were planted. You know, I was there smoking weed being an idiot, but at the same time they made you memorize scriptures to dance. So what did I do? I memorized the thing cause I want to be seen on stage. And here's what's crazy now as a pastor those verses, thank God, the Holy Spirit brings them up. I'm living by them now. And my wife's like, how do you memorize? How do, how do you know so many scriptures? And it's just like, I always think back to like, you know, that moment where they made me memorize scripture. And I'm so thankful for those little seeds that were planted, right? So uh, so, so 15, 18, going to 180 dance. Um, I was a leader, you know, but I wasn't really living the life. I was like, I was doing what other men were doing. So you're like a double life, like having a double life. I was like James Bond, but less cool. Like it was a double life. You're right. I was, well, I wouldn't even call it a double life. I was like 90% in the world, but 10% in the church just so I could dance because the youth group was video games. It was all these things. And you know how you hear people say like, you have to keep people with what you win them with. Have you ever heard that in church? Yes. Like if I catch you with games and prizes and lights and all this stuff, then your faith may be based on that. And as soon as the lights disappear and the free games disappear, then you're going back to the world. Yeah, because that's, that's how I got my wife. Uh, you know, all these presents and all that kept giving her <laughs> presents and, yeah. you know, started slowing down and she started losing interest. I'm like, hey, okay, baby, I got a pile more. My presence is your present. <laughs> um, you know... <laughs> Uh, my I met my wife. Well, and we'll get to that, I guess, right? Yeah. So now I, uh, you know, the youth group closed down. Very hard time in my life. Was it was it just because of funding, or was it because? Well, of- yeah, that too. It was super expensive. I mean, you got a picture. It's an old movie theater, so the rent was crazy high, and some of the fruit wasn't looking that good. You know what I'm saying? Like, because the fruit was like, man, there's a lot of drug deals. The cops were there. You know, it was getting known to be the place to go. Not necessarily to seek the Lord, but to, to get the cool stuff. And that's why as Christians and even youth pastors and youth things, we got to be more careful that, you know, youth groups are becoming more about the entertainment 
and how many kids are going to be there and what and who's all going to be there than it is about teaching kids the principles of the word of God that they can literally have a relationship with Jesus. That's why I love our youth pastors here because it's not about the flashy lights and stuff. We can have stuff. Like we put a basketball hoop in and we do games and stuff, but they understand the most valuable thing is that your life's changed forevermore because a lot of the kids in my youth group now, they're living like heathens and going crazy. Yeah, so the, the youth... Um the youth activities, it's 90% about the Lord and 10% games, or is it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they, they really, Evan and Christine do a great job. They take time and they teach those kids, like, hey, these this is having a relationship with God. This is what that looks like. But enough about that. Okay. More about me, 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 me. I'm totally joking. If since, you know me, you know I don't in, like doing that. But we're in the uh, selfie age right now, so yes. let's selfie about you. Let's selfie me. Um <laughs> So, uh, 18, it closed down. And then, of course, what do you do when you're 18? I mean, I would literally, youth group shut down. The first thing I did, I said, I think I went to the strip club. Which is crazy, right? Oh, we can't say strip club. Sorry, I went to the place. Scannily clad ladies. I don't even know what you call it. Um, I went A bardello. (laughs) I went to a chicken strip place. (laughs) Uh, uh, extra greasy. Or some turkey legs. Um, <laughs> very, very dark. Um, and I just remember, so I was, it was just bad, man. And then, and then of course, what else happens when you're 18? Now I'm going to the clubs. I can dance. I've done, now I'm a really good dancer. So now I have all of these friends, and, and you guys have heard from my podcast, Wild Styles Crew, me, a bunch of black guys, and then a, a Mexican dude named Chris Arkea and Mark Gunderson, who moved here recently. Like, we ran around, we were dancing, going to clubs, going to bars every single night except for Monday because nothing's open on a Monday. That's your rest day. Mm-hmm. And I played Halo. Um, within that time, from 18 to 21 years old was probably the worst time in my life. Sin was very fun for a season. But don't. I left, I was empty. Every single night, you're empty. You, it was just, I would cry. I would be like, man, like, it seems like it's cool. Yeah, I'm sleeping with a girl here, and I'm going to the bar here, and I'm dancing. I'm getting all this you know, attention, but it was empty. It was lifeless. It was purposeless. And I wouldn't let anyone see it except for myself and my thoughts in bed going, man, this sucks. Like I feel so empty and purposeless and don't know what I'm going to do with my life, you know? Um, and so I also, in that time, funny story, flunked out of Spokane community college due to excessive marijuana, halo two and ping pong. Well, I can actually say that, uh, I did, Two out of one of those and, you know. Ping pong? Yeah, ping pong. And you know why I flunked? So Spokane Community College, when you walk in to go to class, what's on your right-hand side? The student lounge. What's in the student lounge? A ping pong table, pool table. This Asian kid, I can't even remember his name, dude. He was like an angel. Every time I would attempt to go to class, I would look to my right, and there's that dude playing ping pong, sometimes by himself, just practicing so what else are you going to do? You're going to go to class or are you going to sit there and play ping pong? You're going to play ping pong. I got really good at ping pong, by the way. And, but he crushed me every day. And so I flunked out of Spokane Community College and didn't go to, and I have my bachelor's now, but I didn't go back to school until I was like 25. And then I was like the old guy at Navarro College here in Waxahachie. So uh, most of the time I was in Spokane, right? 21 years old. I'm sorry, what? I just want to say my wife went to Navarro at uh, 40. So, whoa, we're not, we're, winner, winner, winner. 
We're not we're not saying that you're the old person on campus. You look very young. I'm just saying, Amanda, you walked in and they're like, What are you gonna teach us today? No, nope, I'm a student. <laughs> but she but she did get high honors. She got come laude or something, um, whatever they call it. Shamalama Hingong. Yep. Yeah, I got it. That's cool. Congratulations, by the way, Amanda. Amanda's awesome. Go get your herded, ladies. At uh what's it called? The Roots? No, nah, the Roots. That's a that's a band. It's the uh, sheer perfection. Yes, shing shing sheer and, perfection. And shears like cut, cutting shears, not sheer s h e e r. Look, she let her be your shear leader. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I too forgot, soon. I forgot to say he's the king of puns. Hey, if you're sad, just go to see her. She'll uh, she'll tell you to shear up. <laughs> Okay, now uh, back uh, to the story. All right, that that was the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and you know me, I can't stop now. Now I'm all thinking about hair puns, um, and I know some of you don't hair about it, care, care about it. So let me uh, jump back in. And if you have a specific question about something, just I guess stop me because you know me, I'm a talker. Yeah, well, you know, I know that because you know I see you every Sunday. Yeah. And, and then uh, I guess if you want a sidebar, if you go to the Madness Show, there's an episode with Mark Gunderson called Wild Styles where we talk about some of the crazy, like, drunk, crazy stories where we saw evil, like, after a rave, we went to this tunnel, like, total craziness, saw evil. Well, and, and I'll keep, this is kind of the cliff note version. Um, I met my wife in the club, drunk. I'm not a good-looking man. You know what I'm saying? Like... You know it's true love when you sober up and then the lights turn on and you still want to go home with that person. Yeah, I, I've been there. I've been <laughs> so there Sarah probably, you know, the lights and the lasers probably made me look a lot more attractive. And then, you know, then the drink wears off and you're like, I'm so sorry. I've made a terrible mistake. She didn't do that. So that's good. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't take her home. She. Uh, so while I'm going to the club and living this this just sinful lifestyle, right, and, I'm, and, and no one knows, but I'm laying in bed just, Lord, I mean, you know, anything. You're just crying out. What is there? Is this life? Like, it's going to lead to death or jail or whatever. And I've had friends that have died to take in their life. I've had friends that have gone to prison. And so while this is happening, God is orchestrating this this scenario where this man named Anthony Spitaleri, this short Italian stud muffin, he was doing ministry at a place called All Nations Christian Center. Um, and so he... I guess the story was he was asking, hey, who has who's a young man that has influence in the city? And they're like, oh, who's the best dance crew? And, you know, I was blessed and honored. My name came up. So he started this plan of, like, trying to seek after me. Like, you know, and I already, I, and here's the crazy thing. I already went to youth group. So I'm sitting there like, I know what you're going to say, man. I know what you're going to say. Jesus loves me. And, you know, it's almost, it was horrible because it was like, I was sarcastic about it and I already knew what he was going to say, but this guy just was relentless and he showed me what a father's love is that no matter what you do, that God loves you. And my dance crew was so like, what's going on, man? Like, what is this Jesus stuff you're into? Cause they didn't know. And here's the crazy thing, man. When you fast forward, I got saved. Half the guys in the crew gave their life to the Lord. Half of them. Didn't. And it divides. It separates. And so I wouldn't go to the club as much anymore. I'd be like, oh, I just like, hey, I just don't desire to go. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you're a new creation in Christ. I'm like, I just don't have a desire to go anymore. Not because I'm better than you. I'm not better than you guys. 
That's just not what I want to do anymore. So I'd go up the stairs and lock my door and hang out. You know, not perfect. I mean, you don't get saved and then you're perfect, but, you know, I just didn't have a desire um, to go. And so at the same time, I like, it's just a crazy cluster of things because I met my wife in a club. She drunkenly gave me a six-digit phone number, you know, and then I'm like, I don't want to seem desperate, like 500, 501, 502, because I knew it was the last digit that she left off. And, uh, you know, and we were going to the club so much. It's just crazy because Sarah and I, by the grace of God, and I'm not, this. there's no condemnation for people that have done this, but Sarah and I never slept together before we got married. And we would have if it wasn't for Jesus, but even if people have, God offers forgiveness and you can always have your have your glow back, so to speak, right? So it's just part of our testimony because we were, I was an idiot sleeping with everything. So it's weird to be sleeping with everything and going, hey, because I love you, I'm not going to sleep with you. Because if we do, then it's just another thing and let's not get together. It's not worth it. So it's weird. It's weird to prove that I loved a girl by not doing that. Because nowadays it's like reverse, right? In this society, it's like guys will like prove you love me by doing this and it's just messed up. So anyway, I met Sarah and some of Sarah's friends get saved. And out of this church that ended up being kind of funky, like the lead pastor of that church was kind of, it was just kind of not good. So a lot of people left, but the crazy thing is God still moved and a lot of great marriages came out of that, that church, you know, and, and I just remember I was I right before my 22nd birthday, like I was like, God, I fully give you my life. Like it's yours. And, and it was real. And then from there I moved away. I moved to Cleveland, Ohio with Anthony for six months living with an Italian family in their basement. That's where I gained all the weight. Cause that those, Italian, the Italian families, they don't play, man. Yeah. I, you go to Olive Garden, your family, bro. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and she made, like, everything. Like, it was a full meal. So they were, like, fully, full Italian from from the old country? Dude, the husband's name was named Bobble. Bobble. It's a me, a Bobble. It was the O'Neill family. The yeah. Bobble O'Neill. My name is Bobble. And uh, Angela. Angela and Bobble. They feed me the food. This is a spice of meat, the ball. Exactly. And you couldn't skip, dude. She'd be like, when it, and, and it's cultural, right? For her, it's like, this is what we do. We eat around the table together. And so I was so thankful because I got that, you know, and my mom, bless my mom, man. She's she's a prayer warrior. So even when I was being an idiot from 18 to 21, I had a praying mom who was praying that the prodigal son would come back. You know what I mean? So uh, just a cra- so many crazy stories go through my mind when people ask me my testimony, but it all came to a head at, like right before my 22nd birthday. I just remember it was just this sweet moment where I'm like, Lord, I give it all to you. I surrender. I make you my Lord and Savior. I want to give you my heart. And it just changed. And then from there, it was like, then you discover who you are as a Christian. You start reading your Bible. You start worshiping. You start really building your relationship with Christ and letting him minister to you of understanding who you are. And it's a journey. It still is a journey. You know, I never planned on being in ministry. You know, I wanted to be entrepreneurial, be a business, you know, guru. But I knew God called me to shepherd people, and I love people, man. I love walking them through life. And so that's kind of the cliff note version, but if you had a specific question, I could probably be a little more. Well, um, when you were growing up, you you said you had that emptiness feeling, you know, after all that. And and it's just like when, when you do a drug, you do a small amount of drug, and then you start building up that tolerance, and then you go, well, I need more and more because you're, Cause you're not feeling full. 
But like yeah. when you decided to give your life to Christ, you, you drank from the everlasting waters and you were you were not thirsty anymore, that you were yeah. you were filled up and I went from Everclear to everlasting water. Hey Oh Yeah, Everclear. I I got nightmares about that. I, this is a children's show. I would never say anything about that. Well and, and and what's crazy is like if parents are being honest in today's society, dude. Even though families listen to this, and, and, and how old do you have to be to listen to a podcast? Nine, ten to figure it out? Maybe younger? We we surveyed our youth group and said, when's the first time that you started learning about drugs and sex and different things? You know what they said? Nine and ten years old. Yeah, because... Not one kid in that youth group said it was later in life. All of them were like, it starts at nine and ten. Because we're seeing the fruit of the cell phone generation. When I was in high school and you were in high school, we didn't have cell phones. We couldn't just access anything at the touch of our fingers. But now you see three-year-olds operating iPads. And then you see the ads, even on the children's games, you see these ads that are, it's sick, man. And we're seeing the fruit. We're seeing the, 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 the effect from that cause, right? We're seeing like how this generation's like, you know, and I think sometimes like, yeah, it's a family-friendly show, but at the same time, like, it's very real that kids deal with alcohol, drugs, and peer pressure because of the things that they're watching, you know, on the iPads and different things and different games. Yeah. And, and we, we live in that society where we're becoming more relaxed. Yeah. I, I can recall back in the eighties where you couldn't show like an uh, address higher, you know, mm-hmm. in, on, on the public television, or you couldn't show uh, a person in and underwear undergarments, because you know it was underoos, underoos, you Nick, could, knickers. Yep, you couldn't <laughs> see their 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 tie to widest. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, we're we're coming into a more relaxed uh, where anything goes, and then you add you add more to. They have to add the, you know, I I call it the ABC group, and there they got they they're they're trying to push on stuff to the youth. Yeah. Uh, that the youth shouldn't shouldn't even be known it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I argue with with my daughter because you know she's going through something right now, uh, which which uh, be another episode. It'll yeah. be when I do my testimony. Come on uh, with it. So, so we we live in that group, and 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 it's 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 always good to get your refill on Sunday of the word, but. You have the world getting so bigger and trying to push forward that you need to have more than just the word on Sunday. You got to have a word yeah. on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, and, and watch and look at the resources we have right now. Media, like watch, watch Christian shows, watch Christian movies, listen to Christian radio. You know, not because you have to, but because your eyes and ears are the portal to your spirit. You know, like why not? You know, just focus on the good things. You know what I mean? Like, uh, or, or even like if you see something acknowledging the good things, you know, because there, there's good, good things in everything, you know, yeah. uh, the, which I'll, I'll have a testimony with another gentleman that, that was the hardest criminal, uh, ever. And he did sold drugs. He sold uh prostitution. He was a pimp. He, he did all this. He was a womanizer. And then all of a sudden, uh, God spoke into him, yeah. And then I just he, wonder if he, he had like an orange suit with a feathered hat. Like, 
That would be pretty cool. A cane. That 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 was the only <laughs> thing that I really wanted to to have when I was younger. That I didn't yeah. want the whole pimp job. You just wanted a cane. I just and wanted a the cane and and talk like this. Yeah. You got my money. <laughs> got my money. Um. Got my dollar. You know what's funny about being older? Like just just funny stuff is like dads, right? Like, um, when you're in high school, you are overwhelmed and have so much fear of other people and what they think about you. And social media has made that. 10 times worse for kids. And it's so funny because little things like uh, I notice, you know, there's some things I notice as a older adult now with four kids that I, I uh, like I'm noticing. Here, here's an example. You know, when you, um, when you're bending over something and then your shirt lifts up too far and your crack showing, when you're a kid, you cover that right up. As an adult, you're like, eh, you don't care as much. Isn't that weird? Is that you for you too? I know that's kind of a weird well, subject to talk about, but I, I'm telling you, my kids the other day are like, Dad. And I was like, what? And I was literally changing a toilet, you know, in my house. But they're like, Dad, your crack's showing. And I'm like, wait, it is? You know? I, I usually say <laughs> I need I need to ventilate it every now and then. You know? Or um, like, you know, as a kid, infomercials were so stupid. Now I'm just like, Tell me more about this incredible opportunity of investment to buy this pan that I, if I invest now at twenty four ninety nine three easy payments, that I could get a second pan free. Yeah, because you start you know thinking I mean? money. You start well, I could save this on this, yeah. and then you become this the, from this big baller spending money to Mister Tightwad. Like, yeah, getting older, it's just weird. It's just fun. It's beautiful. I like embrace getting older. You know, because some people do live in their high school glory days, and you're like, dude, grow up. Like, you're not growing if you're stuck in the glory days and you're just talking to everybody about, man, you were so cool. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, grow up. We got to grow up. We got to move forward. You know, it's you look at the past and, and you thank God for the victories, but, man, people should not live there. But I love growing up. Like, one thing now, too, is uh, like on a Sunday, I might preach the word and just be so tired because I pour all myself out that I might turn on golf, which is so – I used to just – Get mad at my dad. Like, what are you doing with your life? Now I'm that guy, like, falling asleep, sitting up. That is an experience as you get older. I actually saw that. I when we I came to visit him. We're watching a football <laughs> game. I'm turning around. And he's like, Dad, asleep. dude, that that recliner is just that is so nice. That is really I, so nice. I was um, using his wife's uh, chair when we were doing it. It's actually. It's That's pretty really comfortable, right? comfortable, yeah. It's like a bogo. I keep trying to keep trying to get my wife to get me one of those. You know, we can just move out. You know, just put uh, one in the garage, yeah. sit in it. I'm going to my think tank, babe. Well, you know, I, I'm we we've been blessed. You know, we we went through similar. I hated high school. I hated yeah. growing up in high school. I had um, I had. A little few friends, like like you said, you didn't have lifelong twenty year friends, you know. Um, to any of my friends from Facebook that listen to this podcast, because there are a few, you know, we we lost touch down the road, and it's it's okay, you know. People grow, they they get families, they move apart. Sometimes you have to sever the toxicity ones and just pray for them, and and hopefully they find Jesus. But you you can't be around them and still keep your faith growing. Yeah. Unfortunately, that things like that happen, and it happened in my life a couple of times. So, and I'll tell that more later. But uh, let's go back to you because we're getting way off topic 
from your testimony. We're just we're just we're just a couple yeah. of friends. We've known each other for years. We're a couple of guys that were up to no good. Yep. We started making trouble in our neighborhoods. Oh, which they they rebooted. Um, they rebooted Fresh Prince and they made it more. I feel dramatic. like I'm good at getting you both of us off track. Yeah. It's a specialty. Well, and sidebars are fun. They add to it, but you know the testimony was is really it all boils down to one thing. While I was a sinner, Christ died for my sins and then sent his spirit to help comfort me and guide me. And then I could walk now in this life in the spirit and be a completely new creation, different thoughts, different actions. And now it is not only a privilege, but it is everything to now get to share with people of Jesus. That's why I bought this hat because it's like, hey, who's Jesus? Because religion has destroyed opportunities for people to get to experience a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? So I just want in my testimony to be able to share my experience and my relationship with Jesus and share with them that, hey, he died for you too, and he has a life for you. So so the testimony, you know, and we have to, it's almost you got to look for Christ in all of your story. And yeah. as, I, as we sit here and reminisce about the little historical things in my life from, from breakdancing to being funny to not having clothes to my parents getting divorced, like – you you don't search for God in when you have it all together. When sin is being fun for that season and you have it all, you're not looking. Like your soul longs for him because you were literally built to worship God, but in the brokenness, in the divorce, in the being a loser, in the being made fun of, it made me search for something higher, for something better, for something bigger, for a calling. And I found it, man. Like that's the testimony is that I searched and I found, and through my brokenness, and, and it doesn't, because you know, some people, they do like testimony comparison, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go stab a guy and get my street cred up so my testimony sounds cooler, you know, but a testimony from a kid that never got into trouble, that gave his life to the Lord is just as powerful as Saul who killed people and became Paul, you know yeah. what I mean? We and can't get that trap too, because sometimes I see people get in arguments of like, they try to one-up each other, like, oh yeah, I sold 10 drugs. You know, people, I don't know. Well, I didn't yeah. tell any. Well, I tried one time actually in eighth grade. I, I'm not a good dealer. Well, yeah. my mom, my mom used to sell drugs, used to yeah. sell drugs on wow. the side. And, but I never had the passion for that. You know, I never really had the feeling to be in, in that situation. I, I liked the lifestyle having all the money and all that, but I felt like I didn't have the drive to actually pursue that, which is good. Because, you know, I had a lot of values from my grandparents because they, they were Christian. Uh, my Yeah, and, and the world doesn't help because they go, what's your net worth? And that's based on your assets and money. But as a Christian, you're like, you have no idea. Yeah. I'm, rich, I'm the richest person in the room, you know, <laughs> and as a Christian because, you know, your worth isn't wrapped up in the money and stuff. And I think people, you know, that's why you see a lot of rich people that are depressed and sometimes even, you know, do the unspeakable thing and take their own life. Because you can have all the money and still be just completely depressed. And that that's you what know? happens with a lot of celebrities too, because they have all the attention on them and yeah. they're feeling it out, but they're they're completely empty inside. Yeah. And unfortunately you get people that either O D on drugs to try to escape what they feel or yeah. They just blatantly end their life and And that you know, that's what's that's what grieves my heart in people's testimony is like <sighs> 
you know, it grieves my heart when someone says, I've tried that before. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. how could you, like, once you really just have a relationship with the Lord, you know what I mean? I don't see how you could ever go back. But if your experience of Christianity was religion and you practice what you saw maybe other people see and it was based on what men was doing rather than walking with Christ and spending time with him, it just grieves my heart because I'm like, no, no, you did not taste the Lord. You tasted religion and it was sour and bitter and you were like, I don't want this. But if you actually, when you have the relationship with the Lord, like that's that's what with people's testimony, I'm just like, man, we got to make sure we are training people to have relationship with Christ and walking with him and in his spirit rather than here are the practices that you now must do as a Christian. You must go to church. You know, we, we, we do these things and it's, it's, it's tricky. That's why at our church, I don't preach about, you know, loyalty to the membership of, of Sunday, but live it, breathe it, get friends, like yeah. minister, like live the life. You well, know? you know, uh, that's, and, and you're right. Um, so many people just go to church because it's, it's a habit. Yeah. You, you know, you, you do this and, oh, it's, it's something I have to do so I can go to, to heaven. They're, they're forgetting about the whole relationship. It should be an intimate relationship with, with Christ on your journey through life. And people are just going through, well, I just have to go on through the day by day rituals, uh, rituals, you know, yeah. go to church on Sunday, go every other Wednesday to church, um, you know, show up there. Just, and, some, and some people go, own a Bible, never open it, but I own one. So that's important. You know, it's just like, you know, it's just like God has, you know, so much more for us when we give him our life, you know, people just stop and it's like, don't stop. He has a whole life. And I'm still like, I'm only 35. I'm, and I'm a senior pastor, but I'm still discovering how good he is. I'm still discovering like the opportunities I have in him every single day. That's why I believe the Bible says things like choose this day, choose every day. Or daily pick up your cross. Daily choose. You know, it's it's a life. It's yeah. not a one time decision. It's a life. So you, you, know? you feel you feel that you're older now. Yeah. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. So you've seen the places where God was working in your life, even through the dark dark parts. Yeah. Through through your life to 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 mold you who you are now. So what what are your your plans you know in the future you know now that you're your lead pastor what what are your plans from here from today until you you go to to heaven what what are your plans future plans yeah well you know why Jesus didn't wear any jewelry why's that cuz he breaks every chain <laughs> and <laughs> I, and I I fall I was into that to be serious trying to work yeah. that in serious it's hard yeah. um my plan is that I will never make my faith about where I go in a building. My, I'm not going to put my faith in a program. I'm not going to make my faith. I'm going to make my faith a life of being joyful, peaceful, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he did for people. Like that is what my plan is going forward. And who knows? Like I want the Lord to direct every single step. I think I just want to live a life willing. I want to train up my family. I have four kids. I'm a pastor of my home. I need to raise up my four kids and the Lord. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, you know, I want to, I want to raise them up. And as a pastor, I just want that. I don't even care if the people I pastor like me. I like, I want Johnny to grow and in two years be here over here, you know, then someone leave and 
fall back even further. Because correction's not fun, accountability is not fun, but I just want everyone to grow in the Lord. But the wise man, a wise man loves cor- direction, you know. They, yeah, so. come on, amen. And if you don't, the Bible says stupid in King James Version. Which, but, which my wife got you that shirt. That I know, cool I wear shirt. it, dude, I love it. I yeah. absolutely love it. So I guess that's my plans um, as far as my lifestyle, but as far as plans for Waxahachie, there's so many opportunities. This The studio we're in right now, I mean, we have two separate computers for beat making station. We have a podcast station. Like, look at what happened with you, man. God lit a fire in you. And now there's Johnny tacos podcast and all the people that get to enjoy all the episodes that wouldn't have happened if we didn't provide opportunities. Like as a pastor, I want to equip and train people to do the work of the ministry. But part of that is giving them space, giving them equipment, giving them, you know, the things that they would need. That's why like I envision here concerts, comedy nights, you know what I mean? Why not take some of entertainment back from the world and say, hey, let's have some Christian family-friendly comedy nights or entertainments or concerts or worship nights. You know what I mean? Like, Because concert and worship, that's two different things, right? So you can have a Christian concert or you can have a worship night. Like, I want to use every ounce of this building square footage to give to the people to say, let's do ministry. We have sign language classes on Tuesday nights, Bible studies. We have a biker group that meets here on, on Wednesday nights. We have um, women with purpose on Thursday nights in the building that a bunch of women from different churches come together and just teach and preach the Lord. And it's just cool. Like yeah. there's just opportunity. So that's, that's kind of the plan going forward is if you're in the area, if you're in town, and even if you're not join us on one of the many shows that God's bringing out of, of here, you know what I mean? Join us, be with us, uh, you know, and then there's obviously visions and stuff that I have for the building and for the property to get, to an even bigger, better place so that more people can use it for his glory. Like there's so many plans, dude, in the works. Yeah. And we, we, uh, John and I, we frequently talk about his visions and, um, the, the big picture for, for the church here, but not only just for this church, but the church of, of the whole, you know, um, and we, we, we go, sometimes we get lost in here at the church and we'll talk for hours and hours. This is going to be oh, yeah. awesome. This is going to be cool. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Oh, and, yeah. and, uh, God has really blessed, blessed us with, um, yeah. uh, donations to, to have these, these oh, things. Yeah. We so. did some really cool fundraisers every year. We do the hot chocolate for Bethlehem revisited and that helped raise enough money for everything you see in this room. Yeah, and it's you know, a it's a good time to the yeah. Bethlehem revisited. If if y'all never went to, it's like going into and the shirts. We made those yeah. new, those shirts for people. And uh, if you guys aren't busy, February twenty fifth to Friday seven o'clock, we're having a worship night for anybody, and we're actually gonna hand out free T shirts that have the cross on it. It doesn't have a covenant life; it just has the cross. We want people to and it's circled it. a bunch of times. Circled a bunch of times just because he is forget the answer. There you go. Two-week series. Go back, check it out on the Coming Live Facebook <laughs> or YouTube. Um, but, man, it was, it's, it's, just, it's just awesome to be here. And like you said, sometimes we get carried away. My wife's already called me twice and texted me twice. Yeah, my, my wife usually does that. Um, so, I, I know, hey, I'd what be, happened to that hour long? It went to two hours. I no, was, we're 50 minutes and 15 seconds right now. So almost an hour, not quite an hour. But you know what is what it is. You know, you know our, our wives' times don't start when we hit record. <laughs> I know. You can just it's, say It's that, like when you're leaving. You know, this podcast is excellent. Some might say it's sheer perfection what we're doing right now. You know what I mean? Yes. See, we plug you. <laughs> we plug you. Yeah, someone say, cut it out. No, I'm just playing. But, okay, so we're going to wrap this up. 
it was awesome to have you on the show. We've been wanting you, I've been wanting you to ha- be on the show for months now. Honored. If you ever need me to just make some funny voices, man, let me know. I'll every day. You know, I, I tried the whole thing by myself on my earlier episodes. That's a that's a chore. I, I would love to have somebody to, to to play the the part of Rex or the part of DJ or Dude, I, I love doing stuff like that, man. So but uh, thank you for your your testimony uh, yeah, to every. You. I want to thank everybody that's listening, and like I always say, all the new people that actually accidentally stumbled upon because they thought I was a cooking podcast. Uh, you are getting fed. You're getting fed the word of Christ. So getting fed the bread, so you're not dead. And and also bad rapping. So you're getting fed bad rapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a dancer. He wasn't a rapper. That was Warren. I can I can throw down a little bit. Throw down. Just a little bit. Okay. I can yeah. All right. Um to all the to all my uh listeners that listen to me every day, thank you. You are the glue that keeps this crazy podcast together. Um so t- here's to this and many more. And what I like to do is I always like to have my guests pray us out. Yeah. So if absolutely. you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you guys for listening. God bless you. I pray my testimony encourage you today. And let's just go to the Lord right now. Father God, we thank you for Johnny and his podcast, his obedience to share and bring people on to share the good news of Christ. Lord, what you've done for us is immeasurable. You are God and you came down to this earth as a man and you became sin, you know, and you knew no sin, but you became the punishment. You became the sin for us, God. And not only that, you defeated hell, death, and the grave. And so, God, we are so just, it is a response to be here. And we just respond that we love you, we praise you. Lord, I thank you for the listeners. May the testimony go forth and bring someone hope and bring someone life. May your Holy Spirit use this podcast to draw more and more men and women and kids to you, Father God. And thank you that they they discover their joy and their peace and their happiness and everything is found in Christ. Lord, we love you, and I pray that you bless people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if anybody has a testimony they would love to share, please contact me at johnnytacospodcast at gmail.com. I could put you in. Uh, your story matters because it is a work of our Lord. So just contact me there or on Facebook on Johnny Tacos Podcast. Uh, to everybody, have a good night and be blessed.